Carrie. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're turning to the book of Mark, the 10th chapter of the book of Mark tonight. Mark chapter number 10. And I want to begin reading in the 28th verse of this chapter. Mark, 20, Mark 10 verse 28. I'll ask you if you will stand to your feet as we reverence the reading of God's precious word. Mark 10, 28. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospel's, but he shall receive a hundredfold, now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Father, would you help us to rightly divide the word of truth by the power of the Holy Spirit? Would you open to us the word of God, give us enlightenment, give us understanding. Help us, Father, I pray tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. From these verses tonight, I want to preach on this thought. I have decided to follow Jesus. We know the rich young ruler has come to the Lord Jesus Christ saying, Master, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus told him, go and sell all that you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. And the young man was sad and grieved and walked away because he couldn't do that. He put his possessions and his riches before serving the Lord. And the Lord looked around as the young man walked away and he said, that how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples are trying to process this. And the question was asked, who then can be saved? Because there's some, every one of us have some value to us, some blessings that would, we'd be rich. I mean, if you have shoes tonight, you're rich. If you have more than one change of raiment, you're rich. If you have a vehicle tonight, you're wealthy, you're very rich. If you have a house, you're very rich compared to others in this world. They said, lo, then who can be saved? Jesus said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. God can take us and cause us to fall under conviction to a place where we call on Jesus for salvation. And when we get saved, the camel has gone through the eye of the needle. So here's Simon Peter seeing that rich man walk away, wondering who then can be saved, wondering about these things that are impossible with man being possible with God. And Peter says, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. To follow, that is a familiar word in the vocabulary of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It means to come after. It means to move along in the same direction. It is to accept one as your leader and you follow them. I would remind you 
that Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said to James and John, come after me. Jesus said to Philip, follow me. Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. Over and over again, that verb, follow, 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 it has been used by the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not very interesting? He even told the rich young ruler, take up your cross and follow me. What about that? On another occasion, we read, Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Many years ago, there was a young lady. She was applying for college, and there was a question on her uh, application that said, are you a leader? Being honest and being conscientious, she said, no, I'm not a leader. And uh, she thought, well, I'm never going to hear back from this college. What a question that they would ask me. Uh, but some weeks later, she heard back from the college. This is what it read. Dear applicant, a study of your application reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We're going to accept you because we feel it's imperative to have at least one follower. It's amazing how many of us, we all feel like, I'm a leader, I'm a leader, I'm a leader, I'm a leader. But sometimes, amen, in life, we need to learn to be followers and follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Number one, what is the purpose of following? Jesus said, Lo, we've left all to follow thee. He said, Lord, what about us? What, we've left everything behind to, to follow you without any promise whatsoever of what would be awaiting for us other than to know we would be fishers of men. Lord, what's waiting for us? Well, let's talk about this following then. When we follow Jesus, it does two things. First of all, it shows our gratitude to the Lord. Verse 29, he says, Verily I say unto you, there's no man that have left house or brethren or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake. For my sake. Listen, that word for my, those, that little phrase, for my sake, means because of, on the account of. We follow Jesus for who he is. We follow Jesus. Some people say, I follow him because of what he's done for me. Honey, if he'd have done nothing for me, he'd have still been God. Amen. And so we follow him for who he is. And following him is an expression of our gratitude. It's not just about us getting up saying, thank you, Lord, for saving me. But gratitude is following him each and every day of our lives. Are you following Jesus on Monday? Are you following Jesus on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Not just Sunday. Are you following Jesus every day? And the things that he does for us, well, that just motivates us to follow him and follow him even closer than we were before. Amen. So anyone who professes the name of Jesus yet will not serve him is not appreciative of God's saving grace. Listen to this verse. Jesus said in John 12, 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Amen. So if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're following him, one day you're going to be with him where he is. Amen. Right there. That's a good thing. Amen. Many years ago, when foreign countries were in need, the United States came to their aid. I looked this up. In 1923, there was a terrible earthquake that shook Japan. It was called at that point in time the greatest disaster in recorded times. The city of Yokohama was completely destroyed. 
Three-quarters of Tokyo was burned. 300,000 people in Japan died. 2.5 million people were hopeless. Death, disease, despair reigned throughout the island of Japan's empire. Then help came from America. Food, clothes, medical supplies, volunteer workers. $10 million was collected from the people of the United States for Japan in the middle of their suffering. The Japanese leader stood up and said in gratitude, we will never forget. But they did forget. On December the 7th, 1941, the Japanese airplanes poured death and destruction upon Pearl Harbor. That after, that after, we had just been so gracious and so kind. May I just say to you that God can be so gracious and so kind to you and tonight you rejoice and say praise Him but you go through some little hardship or something where you thought you deserved to be treated better and you watch how the devil tempts you to turn your back on the Lord and not follow Him on Monday as you used to follow Him. Amen. It is a problem. It is amazing how countries forget and how people forget. As Christians, may we never forget what Jesus Christ has done for us and that He bore our sin debt. He paid the price, our ransom, and by our pardon, amen. So following Him is an expression of our gratitude. May I say to you tonight, will you follow Jesus? I made a decision. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord and we're gonna follow Jesus. Oh, I hope you'll go with me. So it shows your gratitude. Then look at the end of verse 29. He says, for my sake and the gospel's. The gospel's sake. What is the gospel? It's how that Jesus died for our sins and that he was buried and on the first day of the week he arose, amen. And the need for others to be saved. I mean, we've seen just in the last, I was trying to figure, and back in December and January, you've seen right at 30, 31 souls being saved. And there are others that need to be saved. And the fact there are people that need to be saved, that should motivate us, amen, to serve God and to follow Jesus every single day of our lives. Will you hear me? The need for others to be saved should motivate you. It should not be a distraction. It should not be a sidebar. It should motivate you to stay faithful in your service to the Lord. Many Christians, they are saved and they're going to heaven so nothing else matters. They're thinking me and my four and no more. I really don't care about nobody else. And they, that, listen, doesn't matter to them anymore. But honey, that's a problem, amen. I want to say, should we follow him? What motivates us? That others don't know him. And they need to see us following Jesus at Bethel. They need to see you serving the Lord. The souls of lost men, lost women, lost children. Amen. Preacher Aaron, can a child be lost? Absolutely, I was, amen. In my childhood years, the Lord showed me I was a depraved sinner on my way to hell and the need of salvation, amen, and he saved me. So there, number one, is the purpose of following Jesus. Number two, what's the price of following Jesus? Whoa, wait a minute, preacher Darren. There's a price to following Jesus? Oh, yes, honey, you need to count the cost. There is a cost in following Jesus. When Jesus spoke of following him, it indicated that it could be costly. What he's saying is there could be, there could be some things that are near to us, some things that are dear to us that we're going to have to leave behind. The word uh, leave or the word, uh, look at verse 29, there's no man that hath left 
That's a past tense of leave. They've left, amen. You know what that word means? It means to send forth, to send away, to let go from oneself. What are some of the things that you might have to give up when you follow Jesus? Oh, preacher, and I can't imagine. Well, this for me is one of my life verses in my Bible. I've got a big asterisk right here uh, but beside uh, th- this verse in my Bible because when I surrendered to preach, I, I didn't want to surrender because A, I didn't want to do a wedding. And then number B, because I didn't want to do a funeral. And C, because I thought that it was going to cost me more than I could pay. And D, because I was scared. I didn't want to stand up in front of people and have to talk and have to speak because I'm a very introverted person, very very private, very laid back person. I didn't want to do those things. And God said, I'm calling you. You're going to preach. Everybody that knows how introverted you are and knows how private you are, when they see you get up and preach, they're going to know it was me and not you. Because there's, if you knew me before, you'd say, how in the world is he doing this? I'm just telling you, it's by the power of God. And I'm, I'm just going to say, the Lord dealt with me about preaching. I thought, he, I thought the rapture would come before I ever stood up the first time. And I stood up to preach, amen. And then God sent me out to pastor. I thought, Lord, what are you doing? And then I pastored for seven years. And God said, I want you to go to Spruce Pine, North Carolina. I didn't want to move to Spruce Pine, North Carolina. Well, preacher Darren, what do you? I, I, I love my mom and my dad. I love Gina's parents as well. I, I didn't want to have to leave them. Preacher Darren, you've not left them. I used to see them almost every day, y'all. I don't get to see them like that anymore. And we've, we've had to leave our family and, and to sell houses that we love very dearly and we'd sacrifice. So we had to completely walk away from home and, and our family may say, Preacher Darren, it's no big deal. People have moved to Africa. People have moved to, to, to China. People, hey, you try it. You try it. And you see how it feels. When God says, I want you to go full-time, you're working a full-time job. God says, I want you to go full-time in the ministry. God says, I want you now to resign your church. How are you going to go full-time in the ministry when you resign your church? And God said, that way you're trusting me. You're not trusting the public employer. You're not trusting the church that you've come to know that's grown from 23 to 230. I want you to trust me. People need to see you following me. I put this verse down as my life verse These verses, the promises of these verses were huge. Look at what the price might be. He spoke of having to give up your house. He spoke of having to give up lands. That's your possessions. How often are possessions and those things dear to our hearts? Now, it's not prohibiting you from following Jesus, but if it's holding you back from moving forward as he's commanded you, it is a problem. He's not condemning you for having a house. He's not condemning you from having acres of land. He's not condemning you for having the possessions of life. But to give up that house or those possessions may not be easy as you're pursuing, you're following the Lord. And maybe somebody tonight, you're listening to me by way of, by way of uh, internet. Maybe tonight God's dealing with you about going full time in the ministry. Maybe God's telling you to got to give up your job. And, and maybe there's a preacher. You, you, God's calling you to resign your church and to go somewhere else. And you know it's definitely for sure. And man, you're so worried. Let me tell you something. I wish in my life I had worried a whole lot less. If me and my wife could do anything over again, we would worry a whole lot less. Than we have. Let me just tell y'all, God's got this thing. He can, you can just trust Him. You can lean back and relax and just follow Him and let Him have His way. Honey, He'll take good care of you. 
It may cost you some possessions along the way. There may be some things that you have to give up, amen. I'll never forget one time I had, I think, a, a young child come up and I, I gave them this offered plate and I put all kinds of toys and trinkets and candy in here and oh, they were so blessed to have all these things and then I said, now, will you give that up? They looked at me and said, will you give it up? Will you dump it all out? Will you give it back to me? Well, they were reluctant. They, they didn't want to give up their candy. They didn't want to give up their toys. They want to give those things up. I said, will you give it? So finally they said, I'll trust you, preacher dear. And I dumped all those things out. And then I gave them more. Double what they had to start with. Sometimes you may have to give up a house. You may have to give up some land. You may have to give up some possessions. Only to find out God's going to give you way more than double. If you'll trust him. I want us to see in these verses the, the truth of this precious promise. Look about people. There may be some people you need to walk away from. He speaks about brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children. There's a verse in Luke where the Lord says, if uh, you don't, you, that you should hate your, your, your mother and your brothers and your sisters. Preacher Darren, what does that mean? It means that your love for the Lord should be so great that your love for your family should look like hate because you love Jesus so much. What a statement, amen. He says, I want you to walk away from those things. Does it cost to follow Jesus? Let's ask David Livingstone, David Brainerd, Hudson Taylor. They'll tell you very quickly that serving Jesus will come with a cost and the depths of your devotion to the Lord will be Revealed by what you're willing to give up if he demands it. Listen how quiet it starts getting in here. Preacher, I'm not sure. I don't want to give. I'm afraid to give anything up. Honey, there is a price in following Jesus. You know what I found out? I had to give up my sin. I had to give up some, some friends that I was really close buddies with. Amen. I couldn't, couldn't go to do the things they were doing anymore. And that was just the, and you know what? That's the best price I ever paid. Amen. Thirdly, and I'll be done. What is the promise of following Jesus? Look in verse 30. What is the promise of following Jesus? But he shall receive a hundredfold. Now in this lifetime, houses and brethren, sisters and mothers and children and lands. What about that? He promises that those that really follow him, those things that you give up near and dear to your heart, when you follow him as he commands it, God says, I'm going to give you gain. He says, he shall receive. That indicates if you've left something, God has gained that he wants you to have. Preacher Darren, I'm not following you. Well, first of all, he says now in this time. So that means here on this earth. So there is a earthly reward. He says it's a very generous gain of a hundredfold. What does that mean? Y'all get this in your mind. It is a 10,000% increase. If you give up, listen, I gave up my job, I gave up my house, I gave up my family, and God said, I will give you a hundredfold if you'll do it. I marked it down in my calendar, my house, the day we left here, and I trusted God's word, and we came here, and in the first year, God saved 101. I had 101 new brothers. And sisters, amen. I had, a, listen, I gave up my family and I got a whole new family. 
Hallelujah. That's just what God does. He says, you can, if you'll trust me, if you'll step out on faith, watch what I'll do. We walked away. Our church was 230. We were 144 here. I marked all these things down. And I've heard people say, you went to a bigger church. I went to a smaller congregation. Well, hear me, son? If you're thinking about God, we send you to a smaller place. But if you'll take the less, he'll be the more. You watch what he'll do. And he'll get in there and he'll grow that thing and it'll give such increase. I looked up on the stock market. Did you know in the stock market where so many people are invested with your 401k and your retirements and how you watch it goes up and down and up and down and you say you don't trust it but you kind of you do, amen? Did you know the greatest gain that's ever been materialized was 2,000%? God, Jesus, just said, I will give you five times better than what this world has. I'll give you a 10,000% increase on anything you give up for me. And you know what I found out in my life in all these years of serving God? That you can't outgive Him. I was in the church office this morning. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Brother Tom, Miss Linda, and Shirley, and then we was talking about uh, years ago about Solomon and how he wanted to do something for God. Instead, he, you should give one sacrifice, but he made 7,000. He wanted to do something for God because he loves God. And in the middle of the night, God showed up and said, Ask what you will, and I'll give it to you. He said, Lord, I want wisdom that I might stand before your people. And God said, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you fortune. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to... He gave him so much more than the one thing he asked for. Isn't that something? God will not be outgiven. So I went before God. I said, God, I want to do something for you, but I don't know what I can do. What am I going to do? How can I promote anything? I'm so small. I'm so insignificant. I'm the biggest nothing it's ever been. God, what can I possibly do for you? I thought, I know what I want to do. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to read his word from this pulpit. From Matthew to Revelation, I'm going to stand and read his word. It took me, I'm going to read till I'm tired. No comments, just reading, and we're going to go home. It took me 14 nights to do it. I think the biggest crowd we had of any of those nights was 39 people that showed up just to hear your pastor read. And the next Sunday, between the morning and the night service, God saved 39 people. You want to give up your time? 14 days of reading the Word of God for me? I'll not be outgiven. I'll give you 39 souls. What about that? That's just what our God does. And if you, listen, I don't do it to receive blessings. When, the best thing you'll ever do is easily, if he commands it, if he demands it, just give it up. Watch what he'll do. He'll do something so spectacular for you. I remember one time, Brother Pace, he wrote one of the, book, one of the songs in the red back hymnal. And uh, he said that uh, he was at the uh, camp meeting. God said, I want you to give $20. He said, I opened my wallet. There was a 20 and a 1. He said, there was a 5 in there too. He said, if you don't give up that $20, when you go home, Bessie's going to be dead. Bessie was his milk cow. When you go home, Bessie's going to be laying there dead. He said, well, I didn't want to give the 1 and be a cheapskate, but I really needed that 20, I thought, so I gave the 5. That's a good number of grace. He said, and when my, we and my, me and my boy, when we walked home, there laid Bessie, the milk cow, dead. 
No telling what would have happened if I had just given up that $20 that I was holding so tightly to. Honey, I'm telling you, you want to hold this world's goods and this world's riches, houses, lands, whatever, riches, monies, whatever it is. If you'll let that go, God will not be outgiven. I've seen it too many times in my very own life. Amen. I can never outgive God. And every year, He proves it. And or and or and or. So there is an earthly reward of a 10,000% return. Well, let's look with me in verse 29. There is no man to have left house. Look at verse 30. But he shall receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses. Did you see that? You give up a house, you get houses. Plural. Did y'all see that? Now, let me just say this in case you start looking really closely. <laughs> when he says in verse 29, you give up your father, verse 30, you don't get a new father. Amen? It doesn't mention again, you just got one father. Amen? What about you give up your wife? Richard Aaron, can I get two wives? Can I get ten wives? Can I get a hundred? Another word, wife. There it is in verse 29, but it's not found in verse number 30. What about that? Now I want to point something out to you with this earthly reward of a 10,000% return. This is what I found out. He shall receive a hundredfold. Now, preacher Darren, a hundredfold. What is a hundred percent? A hundred percent is 10,000. Amen. Read with me. Now in this time, houses and brethren, sisters, mothers and children with lands and lands, I underline this, with persecutions. I didn't read that part. I didn't want that part. I put the asterisk here for the rest of it. But I didn't realize with the blessing and the goodness of God, the 10,000% return would come persecutions. Oh, it hurts to get talked about. It, gets hurt. it hurts to be done wrong. I went to Fletcher where my dad was pastor on Father's Day. Many years ago, I was pastoring another church. We were, like I said, we were growing. God, we did, God grew it 10 times what it started. I stopped by to tell Dad we broke out revival. And on Father's Day, I wanted to wish him Happy Father's Day. I walked to the pulpit. They were still in service. I walked to the pulpit and said, Dad, I want to wish you Happy Father's Day. And I hugged him because I don't get to see him on Father's Day anymore. Because God called me to preach. I'm here. He's, I don't get to see him. Very, very rarely do I get to see him. And, and I said, Happy Father's Day, Dad. You know, I, I want to be in church with you. I want to go to church with him. I have him come preach for us on a Sunday morning real soon, amen, just because I want to be in church with my daddy one more time. And, and, and I, I looked at him and said, Happy Father's Day, Dad, and thank you for all you've done for me. And he said, my job's not done yet. I said, sure it is. I'm out of the house. I'm, 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 I've, got, well, I've got a wife. I've, I've got two kids. He said, son, my job's not done until I see how my grandchildren turn out. I'm still your daddy. And I bowed down there, and I started praying. I thought, you know what? If I could just be half the man my daddy is, and I mean this, my daddy's one of the humblest, one of the sweetest people. Man, he loves his people. He loves God. He has a walk, a relationship with God, and he talks to God, and I know God talks to him. And, man, it's just wonderful to get around him. And I thought, Lord, if you'd, I bowed at his feet. I said, God, if you'd just help me to be half what my daddy is. God said, Elisha didn't pray for half. Elisha said, would you give me a double portion? I said, Lord, I don't know. 
that the double portion of what my daddy is could be available. He said, I'm the one that has it to give. I said, God, would you give me that double portion of what's on my daddy? Would you give that to me? But I did not realize that with that came persecutions. Double trouble, double problems. And my daddy has often said, he said, God's blessed you, son. And he, God's been so good to me. But there's been persecutions. But I want to say, listen to me now. Can I read some scripture to you? About that the devil's tried to attack me with this persecutions thing. I can't even see. Matthew 5.11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. John 15.20. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. We are told when we're being persecuted to rejoice. So this is what I get from this verse, devil, if you're listening to me. God said he would give us 10,000% return. He would bless us with houses and lands and family, amen. And with persecutions, in those persecutions for his sake, we can rejoice. Woo! Hallelujah to God. Amen. I'm finding out in this life there are more crowns than there are crosses. I have found new relationships, new resources. Yes, some new reproaches, but there's new rewards. Read on with me at the end of verse 30. Not only will there be an earthly reward, but there's going to be an eternal reward. And in the world to come, eternal life. hoo hoo there are so many that are laying up treasures in this world and they will not leave the treasures of this world to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. You better enjoy them because this world is passing. There is a world to come, amen. And if you'll lay up treasures in heaven, amen, the rewards are out of this world. Hallelujah to God, amen. Oh, how great is heaven's payday going to be? It's going to make every sacrifice seem so small and it'll certainly make every cost of Jesus worthwhile. Now, I'll look this up. Back in the 1800s, there was a man and his family uh, that were uh, missionaries, and uh, he was uh, uh, from Wales, and uh, he goes to India, to the villages there, to tell people about Jesus, and he converted a family that was Hindu in their faith to Jesus Christ, a man, his wife, and his two children, and the village chief, after the missionary left, found out that some of his villagers, some of his people, are now calling on the name of Jesus. Who is Jesus, he said. So he called the family forward to stand before them and said, I declare and demand that you renounce your faith. And the man said, in, 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 in the, the Indian language, he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The chief said, you renounce Jesus or I kill your two children before your eyes. He said, I've decided to follow Jesus. The chief commanded his archers and they shot arrows and dropped his children on the ground before his very eyes. And when that happened, he said, though none go with me, still I will follow. He threatened his wife. Now his wife was shot twice by the archers, executed, and he said, the cross before me and the world behind me, but I've decided that I'll follow Jesus. The man was promptly shot to his death, 
and he fell before the entire village. And everyone's thinking the same thing. Why would this man give up his children, his wife, and his very own life for a man named Jesus? And the village chief said in the very very place, I too call upon his Jesus. (laughs) I will say that many in that village got saved. And from it they wrote the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. You see, when you follow Jesus, it may cost you something. How's the song go? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. It made me think about a young man by the name of William Borden, who in 1904 graduated from a Chicago high school. He was the heir to the Borden Dairy Estate. He's already a millionaire. For his high school graduation present, his parents gave him a trip to go all the way around the world. And as the young man traveled through Asia and the Middle East and Europe, he felt a growing burden to help God's hurting, the world's hurting people. And he wrote home to say this. He said, I'm going to give my life to prepare for the mission field to tell people about Jesus. And in the back of his Bible, he wrote, no reserves. Indeed, he did hold nothing back. During his college years, he went to Yale University. He became a pillar in the Christian community. During his very first semester at Yale, Borden started a small prayer group. And that little prayer group, for those of you that are in prayer groups and connect groups, it gave birth to a meeting that spread all the way across the campus. By the end of his first year, 150 freshmen were meeting weekly at Yale for Bible study and prayer. And by the time Borden was a senior, there was 1,000 of Yale's 1,300 students enrolled in such groups. After he left college, Borden was offered several high-paying jobs, which he turned down. His passion was missions. He enrolled in seminary there to learn more about God's Word. His motto was, say no to self and say yes to Jesus every time. At that time, he wrote two more words in the back of his Bible. Underneath no reserves, he wrote, no retreat. After graduating from seminary, he went to Egypt to learn Arabic because most of his work would be working with Muslims. While in Egypt, he contracted spinal meningitis. Within a month, 25-year-old William Borden was dead. During this sickness prior to his death, Knowing he was probably going to die, this is what he he wrote. Below no reserves and no retreat, he wrote, no regrets. Though I'm 25 years old and now I've left this world, I have no regrets in following Jesus. The last may be first and the first may be last. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you all tonight, Bethel, I have no regrets in following Jesus. I have no regrets and leaving my home to move over here with you all. Oh, man, we've seen some hard times, but we've seen more good times than we've seen hard times, amen. And tonight I want to tell you, I have no regrets. Luke, Shelby, I have no regrets in following Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. 
Maybe there's a daddy here. Maybe there's a wife here. Maybe there's a young person here. You could say back yonder preacher, last Sunday, last week, maybe 10 years ago or 30 years ago, I made a decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. I've got no regrets, and I intend to follow that out with the rest of my days. Hey, the best, the best the devil has is beneath the worst that Jesus has to offer. Amen. Glory to God, you stand to your feet tonight. Seth, you come play. Maybe there's somebody here to come and bow the knee to Jesus and say, you know what, Lord? I have no regrets in following Jesus. And I want to tell you tonight, Lord, I'm intending on following you the rest of the way home. You've been so good to me, and I praise your holy name. Folks are coming. Thank you. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your willingness. Thank you for your service to the King. Thank you for bowing the knee before Jesus. Oh, would you come tonight? Would you come tonight and say, oh, I bow my knee to Jesus. Hallelujah. This so world needs to see you bowing your knee. Your husband, your wife, your children needs to see you bowing your knee before Jesus Christ. It needs to happen as a witness and a testimony. Father, tonight as I bow in your presence, I give you praise and honor. Lord, I don't know why you chose me way back yonder in 1978. Unworthy, nothing to offer, but God, you came and you saved me through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I've never been sorry for that day that I trusted you. That day was just the beginning, though. Oh, that day that felt like I was going to have a heart attack, that day that felt like it would be the end was just the beginning in my walk with Jesus. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for all the things you've demanded and commanded, God, that I walk away from, Father, to follow you. God, following you is the best decision I've ever made. And your rewards are now in this time and they're in the world to come. Father, I pray you'd bless your people tonight, God. Thank you, Father, for showing us and proving us, God, in the Word of God. Oh, there's a cost to following Jesus, but the price we pay, oh, it is, it, it pales in comparison to the blessings, God, that you give to your people. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for your precious word and your spirit. We ask your help in our walk with you, Father, as we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.